0: Honabilla Church Sermons. And I want to greet all of you. It's so wonderful to be together again. I have this wonderful passage I want to share with you from the book of Ephesians. That's the area that we've been studying. This book is one of the most revolutionary books in the whole world. And now we come to one of the most revealing passages. It's a little bit complicated, but I think we can make it simple. I think you'll find it to be very encouraging. The The Christians at Ephesus were very discouraged. There was persecution, and there was difficulty, and they were upset that Paul, the great apostle, was in prison. But Paul wants to explain to them why this is really for their blessing and for the advance of the gospel. I want to read from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and this is is how the Word of God speaks. It says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Which, is, which was not made known to men in other generations, or has been known, but has been revealed by the Spirit of God and his holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is through the gospel to the Gentiles, that they are heirs together with Israel, members together in one body, and sharing together in the promises in Christ. This is the word of God. And it is so blessed. This is a very encouraging word because it shows that the Gentiles have been called to be a part of the same nation and the relationship of the Jewish people. God had his people, his chosen people. They had the oracles of God. They had the word of God. And they cared for it. And they protected it. And they thought they were the only ones. But Paul comes along and says, no, no, the Gentiles are included as well. Because there's only one church, there's not two churches, one church, a Jewish church and a Gentile church. They are all one in Christ because Christ transforms both the Jew and the Gentile by the power of the Spirit of God. So Paul is saying, I want to show you how this all works. He says, it is important for you to know that I am a prisoner, not of Caesar. I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Because he understood that Jesus Christ was in charge of his life, and if he was in prison, Paul understood, and he wants, the, he wants the, his followers at Ephesus to understand as well, that it's for their good that he is in prison. You say, how could it be good that he is in prison? Do you understand that if Paul would not have been in prison, We would not have the book of Ephesians? Because being in prison, he was able to stop. He had to stop. He was chained to soldiers day and night. So if he got up and wanted to walk around, they had to get up and walk around with him. And so he would be quoting all the dictating the word of God to his secretary. And these Gentile uh, soldiers would go around with him, wherever he was going, whatever he was saying. And then he says, "And, and this is for God's sake that I'm a prisoner. Of Christ. Christ has allowed me to be in prison. It's not Caesar that makes the decision. It's Christ that makes the decision. Christ said Paul I want you in prison and I want you to write these letters because these letters for generations and generations and generations have been a blessing. The book of Ephesians, this very book, has been a tremendous blessing. He says first of all, I want you to understand that I'm in prison for the glory of the gospel and he said i'm also here because of you gentiles now i just refer now to the book of acts chapter 22 there's a really exciting story there because paul was in, in jerusalem and he was arrested and uh, because the people were writing the gentiles did not like the the jews did not like paul because he was referring to the gospel going to the gentiles and they do not like that. Well, in the second, in Acts chapter 22, uh, I'd like you to turn there with me, and I'm gonna read just a little from that book, and chapter 22. He's giving his testimony. He comes before the people. Now, it's an amazing thing. The riotous, this riotous crowd, this really, really unrebellious crowd, Stopped and listened to Paul when he began to speak in their language in Aramaic. And he gives this testimony. He tells how they received the Lord, how that he had met Jesus on the Damascus road. The light came and flashed. They did not object to that story. And he says, My life was transformed. I became the follower of Jesus Christ, and now I'm living for him. And this is what it's all about. And then he says, At the end of his speech, And the people are putting up with his testimony of conversion. And then he says this, Then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. And when he said, God sent him to the Gentiles, they went berserk. They absolutely lost their heads, screaming and hollering, throwing things around. And they were coming to grab Paul and lynch him and, and, it was the roman guards that stepped in between paul and these jewish rioters and protected paul and paul was taken into the barracks they said what are you all about this is a terrible rioting he said well they don't like it because i'm going to the gentiles and this is what god's called me to do and they said well this is terrible so they ordered that paul be flogged because somehow They believed something was wrong enough with Paul that they were going to flog him. And he said, oh, by the way, is it right to flog a Roman citizen? And they said, you're a Roman citizen? And he said, yes, by birth, I'm a Roman citizen. And they were really shaken up. And so they didn't spank him. They didn't beat him at all. They went to the head man and said, this guy's a Roman citizen. they said, oh, we better not beat him, that's for sure. And so instead of that, then he was set off because he made an appeal to Caesar and he appealed to a higher power. So that's why he was in prison, and that's why he was there because he had maintained his testimony and he had stood for Jesus Christ, and he was therefore therefore beyond trial, and he's standing before Caesar, and that was that's where the, the, the issue it will, will end with. With Paul. Paul was therefore in prison because of Jesus Christ and because he stood for Jesus Christ and the Jewish people rebelled against him, wanted to rip him apart. But he said, No, this is what God's called me to. So that's the first thing we need to understand that Paul was in prison for Jesus Christ's sake. He realized that Caesar didn't put him in prison, Christ put him in prison. And Christ wanted him there. He said, furthermore, I'm suffering for the gospel because it gives me an opportunity to write this letter to you. And so he writes writes several prison epistles in which he is able to glorify Christ and put it in such marvelous terms. And these are the letters that we are being blessed by. And he said, this is the way he's put it together. He says, but you need to know that what I teach I'm teaching from Jesus Christ himself. Paul did not learn from other apostles. He didn't meet with other apostles. He heard directly by revelation from Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came to him. We have that in, in chapter uh, chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, it says, The Lord revealed to me on the night he was betrayed. And Jesus actually had come to Paul and told him all about the communion service that he had taken in, taken with the disciples in the upper room. And in this declaration he makes, he said, This is truth that came from me directly from Jesus Christ. And he laid out for me how that the, the bread and the wine was symbolic of the relationship of Christ having died for the sins of the world. And this is an amazing thing. And he said, This is revelation that comes from Jesus himself. So his authority was not man's authority, or was not because he was taught even by other good men. He was taught by Jesus Christ himself. That's an amazing thing. And then he goes on and he says, I want you to understand, and we go back to our passage in Ephesians. He says, I want you to understand that I have this mystery. And you say, oh, I understand the mystery. The mystery is that the Jews and Gentiles will be together. Well, that's true. It's almost like you might put it this way. Well, I have a commentator that says there are two mysteries. There's a mystery of the Jews and Gentiles being brought together, and in that unity, he wanted to work there. But he says there is a greater mystery, a greater mystery, and he he talks about it in our passage. And he says, I want you to understand that this is the revelation, revelation not of unity of Jews and Gentiles, but is, it is the mystery of Christ is the mystery. He is saying, here's the secret. It's great that they're going to be together, Jews and Gentiles, but the greater thing is that they are both going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ that is so dynamic and so wonderful. And he says, here's the secret, that we as God's children can enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ has sent the Holy Spirit to come to dwell within us. And he comes to reveal himself, to reveal his power, to reveal the Word of God. And so we have the Word of God and we have the Spirit of God that comes to us. And that is the thing that will transform us. And make our lives completely different do you realize that the relationship with jesus christ is so unique it's so special it is such a mystery that's been revealed that he comes to us and he reveals himself to us we can know christ in a personal dynamic way we say i can talk to christ i can pray to christ i can fellowship with christ i can fellowship with other believers And this dynamic life is a life that Christ has called us to. And so the next thing I think you need to see with me is that he goes on and he tells us, even in this passage, he says, Surely you've heard of the administration of God's grace, which has been given to me. That is a mystery made known to us by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand by insight into the mystery of Christ. It's not the mystery of union between the Gentiles and the Jews. It's the mystery of relationship with Christ. There is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is the most wonderful thing in the world, no matter what your trials are, no matter what your difficulties are, that Christ is there to be in you, to dwell with you, to guide you, to empower you, to give you strength to give you hope, to give you joy. He gives us all of these things because he is our peace. And he goes on to say, I want you to understand that when Christ comes, he transforms your life. I want you to understand about transformation. You know, we have that famous verse in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be therefore transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might know the good and perfect will of God. When he calls this a transformation, he says, it is a metamorphosis that takes place. You say, how does metamorphosis work? Well, let me use a practical illustration. If you see a little caterpillar, he crawls on the ground. Everything is a major production for him. He comes across, or he has to go, comes to a river, he has to somehow get across the river, because he can't swim and he can't fly. He is crawling on the ground, and everything is a major hurdle in his life. He says, the Christian life is a little, little like that for a person that doesn't know Christ. He is just struggling in his little old caterpillar way, learning how to get along. But you see, then a metamorphosis, a transformation takes place when Christ works in his life. And right now, that transformation can be taking place with you. And so the transformation of that 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 uh, caterpillar is that he goes into a cocoon now we don't understand how the cocoon works but we just know it's an amazing thing here's this little caterpillar that hardly can get very far at all and all of a sudden he goes into the cocoon and he is there and when it breaks open in the spring in god's will that that little larva that little caterpillar turns into a gorgeous butterfly no longer is he stuck to the ground but now he can rise and he can fly above and paul is really saying that the work of christ in you is like a cocoon and being released from a cocoon you go and you come out and you come out with new life you come out you're able to fly with wings and soar above all the caterpillars and everyone crawling on the ground, and you're above it all, and you're beautiful, and you're strong. That's because of the transformation that has happened by Christ. Only Christ can give that transformation. Nothing in the world can transform us like that. And that's what he's called us to, a transformed life in Jesus Christ. And so I want you to remember with me that Christ is your hope and your life. He wants us to understand that there is security in Christ. There is therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. He takes us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, for he has taken us and he's made us a new creation, and we have that transformation. You need to know the transformation is the very transformation that Jesus experienced when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Suddenly, as he was meeting with God, he was in the very presence of Moses and Elijah. And here he met the Lord, and they talked about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they shared together in fellowship. And the apostles were absolutely dumbfounded, the three, Peter, James, and John. For they were there, they saw it. But it's interesting, you see, they saw a glory of God, and it's interesting that, that they said that they started falling asleep because that was a way in which they were protected. But you see, Jesus Christ was literally transformed. That's what's happening to us. He says, for us in Christ, as we walk with the Spirit of God, as we pray and we trust him, he changes and transforms us like the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. We are transformed and made new in Christ Jesus. I want you to be encouraged that this new life is yours in Christ. We walk by faith, sometimes we can't seem, it seems like we're very much tied to the ground and to the ways of the world, but the bottom line is we have the power of Christ working in us, making us a new creation, and the old is passed away, and all things become new. Brothers and sisters, I want you to be encouraged this day. You are new in Christ Jesus, The metamorphosis has taken place and you can soar with the wings of butterflies as the days go on. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that these marvelous truths that Paul has revealed to us will become real and dynamic. They will be something that we take personally and apply them by faith to our life. For you have made us a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away and behold, all things have become new. Thank you for the presence of your Spirit that makes these truths alive and transforms us into the very image of Christ. And Lord, we want to just thank you for the glory of your word and the truth of the presence of your Holy Spirit coming to dwell within us. And Lord, we look forward to the days when we see you face to face, because when we see you face to face, we will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, and we'll be made alive in Christ Jesus in a new way. Thank you, my brothers and sisters. I want to encourage you. Believe the Lord is working. I believe we're going to see more and more of the manifestation of the power of the presence of God in our church, and we want to rejoice in that. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep persevering. Walk with me walk with brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus through the difficult times and God will bring us out victorious in a new way and will give him the glory. Thank you for being with us and we'll look forward to talking to you again, sharing some of these secrets that are so fabulous and we just thank you for being with us. The Lord bless you. Montebello Church Sermons